Welcome to the Urantia Radio Podcast. I'm Jim Watkins, and I am very honored to have this time up on the podcast my interview with Mo Siegel. Mo Siegel is the current president of the Urantia Foundation. A little background on Mo. He is the founder of Celestial Seasonings. He was 20 years old. He became the uh, chairman and the president of the largest manufacturer and marketer of specialty teas in North America, way ahead of his time. Mo is also the owner of Capital Peaks Investment, where he has served on five public company boards and 17 private corporate boards of directors and nonprofit foundations, including the Urantia Foundation. He is an avid outdoorsman, as he will tell you, and he has founded America's then-largest international bicycle stage race, formerly the Red Zinger Bicycle Classic, and later the Coors Classic from 1975 uh, to 1980. And he has climbed all the Colorado 14ers and traveled to 97 countries. Mo is married to his wife Jennifer, father of five, and grandfather of seven. And he joins us this time up on the Arantia Radio Podcast. In the introduction, we began having a conversation about a person who was very important in his life during the early years of his discovery of the Arantia book. He talks about Emma Christensen as part of our introduction to the interview with Mo Siegel. This is more the fact that you are a, a person who is in a unique position. and You've, you've known about the book. You've known uh, Christy, Emma Christensen. But I have a picture of Christy, and it's always right here. I don't know where it went. And I knew Christy very well. You know, I loved Christy. She was she was a mentor for me. And uh, I think I, I really owe her a great deal. And I want to thank her on the Mansion Worlds. Inspiration. And besides inspiration, when I first met Christy, when I first found the Arantia book, I was a zealot. And Christy sunk my feet into the ground and made me realize that this was not a quick operation, that this was a project for a long time ahead and to be careful and to be patient and to learn wisdom in approaching other people with the book and the outreach. But I think she also gave the message to be courageous. Don't don't cower. And I think about how the apostles, you know, the apostles were courageous. And the early Christians faced brutal persecution, death. And our Urantia book readers, we're going to, at some generations, going to be called upon to be courageous. And when you first jumped on my Zoom today. Mm-hmm. I, I was there were two Russians, a Frenchman, and Tamara, and we were talking about distribution in Russia. Well, as the revelation spreads across the world, by the way, we weren't talking about it. We were talking about how to improve it. Yeah. Um, as the revelation spreads. There are going to be real moments of courage that people are going to have to muster to move forward with this. 
So I thank Christy for that. And it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of work is being put into the the now Chinese translation, the, the simplified Mandarin form from what I've read. And it started, I think, in 2012 or possibly even before. But we all know what, what the current government of China's tolerance is of any religion. I've often thought that as a matter of experience, the Arantia book actually praises a lot, a lot of good things about the yellow and the, ra- the, the Chinese. But this book is not going to sit well with the CCP. So have you had those discussions? How do we integrate this? You just said people are going to be called to, uh, to courage. Uh, and that would be a place where I think people might be called to courage. Uh, thoughts well, on that? Uh, let me, yeah, I'll give you just a smidgen history. We did, and I'm speaking your Rancher Foundation, so when you talk to me, you pretty much have to know I, I always have your Rancher Foundation, unless it's personal. Organizationally, I always have your Rancher Foundation hat on. Um, we, we funded a an attempt at a Chinese translation and we hired university professors in Beijing. Oh my. Uh, We paid them. And at the end, we had it carefully evaluated and along the way, and it got an F. Really? We threw it in a trash can. Wow. And it was very discouraging to us that we had spent all this time and money. But then we ran into a gentleman named Richard Zhu, and now a woman that's joined him, Vicki Yang. Richard has done the first draft and simplified, and Richard and Vicki are doing now a new draft in um, traditional Chinese. So the traditional is really Taiwanese. And the Mandarin, the simplified, is mainland China. I see. So we're going to have both. And your, your question is very relevant. We tried to get the Arantia book printed in China recently. And they found, and they must have really great computers and they must be spies. Because they found Nepal, or Tibet, I'm sorry, Tibet in the book. And it didn't say Tibet, China, so they wouldn't print it. Wow. They banned the printing of it. But in Taiwan, there's a lot of spiritual groups. Vicki Yang has a big body of spiritual people. She's worked with something called, I think it's A Course in Light or something like that. But she had a video conference with, I think it was 130 Urantia book readers in Taiwan. And Gard Jameson, mm-hmm. one of the trustees, uh, has, I think it's 80 students from Taiwan where he's teaching philosophy and the Arantia book. So I think that we see the open door is starting with Taiwan and, you know, maybe readers in the United States, Chinese readers all, all over the world. And we'll have both of those languages. So it will be easier to get it out there. But I don't think that there's any reason to believe it's going to be quick. 
But I think there is all the reason to know with certainty, as the master said, these words I speak shall someday rule this very world. So Mm -hmm. without expectations of overnight success, which we have none, we are really thrilled about getting the book out there. And they said that in the Arantia book, you know all this, I'm just saying this for your radio audience, Mm -hmm. that if the teachings of Jesus had been taken to Asia, to the Orient, uh, and not changed by Peter and Paul's message, they would have heartily accepted it. And my experience so far with Asians and particularly with uh, Taiwan, Korea, and the little bit that we're seeing in China is my bet is long term they are going to wholeheartedly accept this book. And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole on the Sangic races, but the, the Arantia book has a lot of praise for the uh, for the yellow race. Yeah, has a and I think they're going to take very well to those words. So I am hopeful. Uh, we've made, by the way, we have had Richard Zhu's Chinese translation evaluated by outside evaluators, and he gets incredibly high scores. And he's been working on this. We've had him employed for years. <laughs> and we are really getting somewhere. I'm, I couldn't be more optimistic, hopeful, and patient than seeing this Chinese translation, both traditional, having them both out there, simplified and traditional. And it's going to be pretty soon, and and I'm going to go just a couple of steps further here, if you don't mind. No, please. Uh, The Jaworskis developed a Polish translation, Mm -hmm. and they did it on their own. And then at some point, we got in touch with them, and they had a website with their translation on it. And they had built up a community of people already that were reading the Revelation. And we started working with them, and then he started working with us. We published the book. I just looked at the 2021 book sales, the finals. Mm-hmm. In the European and Eastern European block, the number one language of books sold were Polish. Interesting. And they built their network first on the internet. I don't remember how many downloads there were. There's a lot. Yeah. And they've gone and improved the translation multiple times. And so you could imagine that that would be the way to go with with the Chinese book, build a community and release the papers out, get them out there so people can see them. And at some point, if there, when there is an opening, uh, we'd sell books. Although just in the conversation I was just in on Russia, 
it is going digital in Russia. And we're about ready to release our Android app. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that the Russian translation is going to be a big deal. So maybe by time yeah. uh, there's an opening in China, uh, we will be so prepared digitally. And your Rancho Foundation, Jim, we are rapidly moving into the digital world. We are moving technologically about as fast as we know how to do it. With, you know, I pray every night for more workers for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we are getting more, and we're getting more young people that have digital expertise. So when that window opens and the Chinese do not block everything that comes into the country, we should be digitally prepared to move quickly. I'll tell you, I haven't opened a book, the Arantia book itself. I read, I read on my phone and I read on my, my iPad. That's where I, I read it. Uh, I'm so familiar with it. I like the book. I love the book. It's a heavy book. <laughs> I've got nine copies. <laughs> but I prefer to read it digitally, and it has the same feeling for me. I, use a, I do a study group every week. Uh, I've been leading a study group for I don't know how many decades, but yeah. I'm I'm all about Kindle. What are the hits? Do we know? Do you know what the hits are on Truthbook and the Fellowship? And do you see trends? That Has Corona played a role? Uh, Urantia Foundation's website is by far and away the largest globally with readers from all over. Truthbook is the largest in the English-speaking countries. Truthbook is not translated in any other language. Yeah. No, it's not. The site is so big. I'm giving you some data on Truthbook. Okay. And I could look it up on the foundation too. Uh, last year, the number of users uh, on Truthbook was 539,000, down from 754,000 the year before. And the year before was way up because of COVID. People were staying home. Yeah. And the foundations had the same thing. The number of sessions was about uh, 750,000 compared to the year before that was over a million. There were a lot of page views. Mm-hmm. So the foundation has got real good numbers. Let's talk about you, if you don't mind, because you're the, you're the foundation president You're charged with organizing the dissemination of the fifth epical revelation. I mean, you have to, at some point, every once in a while, pause and reflect about such an enormous, I mean, the more you think about it, the more enormous it becomes. But it does, must cross your mind once in a while. Why me? I love your question. Thank you. So... I do question why me, but I don't question why me being president of your Rancho Foundation. Well, you're certainly qualified. <laughs> I, I question why me to be a country boy from a mountain town in Colorado. My first, first place I lived as a child was 9,000 feet on the side of a mountain. And there was maybe... 10 neighbors within two miles. So how did a country boy 
find the fifth ethical revelation. And I question every so often. I don't question. I'm so thankful. Yeah. I'm so grateful this revelation came into my life. And the master said, I will transform and transfigure you. And Jim, I, words don't express how thankful I am for that transfigure and transform. I think that, um, well, when I found the book, I was, I was headed into becoming a mainstream Christian. And I had gone to a Catholic school. I lived at a Catholic monastery for two years, going to high school my last two years. I, I really don't know what it would be like if I hadn't found the revelation. So, I, yeah, I question why me. As far as Urantia Foundation, I feel very thankful that I'm able to work for the foundation. And I have, I've been on 23 boards in my life. Some of them have been on big public companies. Some of them have been on nonprofits. A lot of them big corporate. And I, I don't sit back and think like, wow, I'm in this job. I don't do that at all ever. Yeah. I just think about what we have to do. And I'm thankful for this little moment in time that I can serve on this battered, <laughs> unusual world. <laughs> Very unusual. With this revelation that I can't believe I was lucky enough to start reading it in 1969. And uh, that's just the way I feel about it. And I, I like to get up every morning and when I'm working on it and say, let's work on it today. This is just a great, great fun. Did you feel like you had to give up one to, to attain the other? Did you ever feel there was a level of compromise from, from – because most Christians today would say, well, it's only the Bible. There's, no, there's nothing else. There are no other revelations. So how did you reconcile all of that as, as a new reader to the Urantia book? I can reconcile it today. Back then, I didn't care. Hmm. And I would have called myself a Christian Urantia book reader. Uh, how I feel about it today is that Christianity is the cocoon from which the butterfly will emerge. At Christmas, I was thinking with Urantia book readers, let's celebrate Christmas. Let's just go all in on Christmas. Because two and a half billion people are celebrating the master's life. That's a big deal to join with two and a half billion. And then I wondered... On the on the mansion worlds on Selvington, are they are they celebrating Jesus's birthday at Christmas? <laughs> you know, the master said, "When two or more are gathered, I will be there also." Well, what happens when two and a half billion are gathered? So, yeah. I I know a lot of your ancient book readers that are were raised Catholic and are really crabby at the church, or raised in the Christian church and can't get over Jesus died for our sins. I'm like you. I look at the best of Christianity, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the red letter. And mm -hmm. that's my roots. Uh, my father was Jewish, by the way. My mother was born Christian, but she was killed when I was very young. So I never got any of that upbringing. 
But once I found, uh, actually at the monastery, I had just this life-changing experience, which led me to Jesus. So I was really quite ready for the Urantia revelation. Let's go for searching Christians. You you know the untold story of Jesus? The book, yes. Yeah. The, the recent publication, yes. Yeah. Well, I worked on that. I commissioned those paintings, mm. many of those paintings. I've got a lot of paintings <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, over a decade. And the editorial team that worked on it was really brilliant. It's a beautiful book. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We we had a a great team of people that worked on it. I was really blessed because I there was a book called In His Footsteps about uh, on Jesus from mm-hmm. National Geographic, mm. and I got a hold of the the key person that did that book, and they linked me up with an outside team of people that do a great deal of National Geographic's books. So if you look at the untold story, it looks a lot like National Geographic kind of layout. Of course, it does have that resemblance, yes. Yeah, because I hired a team that's done a ton of National Geographic books. (laughs) Searching Christians are the easiest market. Now, maybe... People that want to know about aliens might be another really, really good. <laughs> I think so. Market. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, conceptually, searching Christians have accepted Jesus and they're looking for something new. Or so, something more. Something, something deeper. Something more. Yeah. You something once said uh, that the reason you like the Urantia book is because it's a smart religion. Yeah. So can, you, can you talk about that a little bit more? Why is it a smart religion? When I was at the monastery, I was really lucky because this brother, Brother Martin, uh, loved Teilhard de Chardin. And Chardin had these thoughts of cosmology that were still are right at the pinnacle of Christian thinking. And when I first found the Urantia book, The first person that introduced it to me, I was interested in evolution. Mm. And I was interested in science and religion. And this gentleman said, if you want the best book there is on the topic of evolution, you should look at the Urantia book. So I went to a bookstore and I pulled out the Urantia book. That's when people used to go to bookstores. And I pulled it out and they talked about dinosaurs. So I'm looking at this book thinking about evolution and the last 800 pages of the life and teachings of Jesus. And I was so shocked that a book that was scientifically oriented on evolution, even though Teilhard de Chardin was a big evolutionist, that this book would contain dinosaurs in the life of Jesus. And it got me to pull the book off the shelf. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your ancient book is smart. It's cosmology. You think about the administration of the universe. That's smart. Yeah. Man, they got this thing organized. <laughs> you know, Meredith Sprunger, who you interviewed. He, he married my wife and I. Meredith and I were great friends. And when I started Jesusonian Foundation, Meredith encouraged me, do it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, well, he, he Meredith, said, if it isn't like this, it should be. That was his, his quote. <laughs> now, somebody, I think it was one of my kids, recently said, Dad, what if your, your ranch book is wrong? And all this is a bunch of make-believe. And you would have spent your life going after make-believe. And I said to Luke, Luke, 
the, your ancient book teachings about life after death, and we were on the subject of like it, life after death. Mm-hmm. I'll be glad that I lived a life of make-believe with those teachings because they've given me hope and faith. I believe that book is accurate. I believe it came from where it said it did. But no matter what, I'm a better person because of its teachings. And I'm hopeful about the future based on its teachings. And I will never regret having found it and believed in it, no matter where it came from. Uh, Another great quote. When you hear a beautiful piece of music, do you ask yourself who wrote it? Or do you enjoy the music? And the the Urantia book, to me, and I'm sure many of people you've been with, it's, it's it's a symphony. It's a symphony of life. And uh, in fact, today's quote, the thoughts to ponder coming from your offices, uh, says, quote, Many features of, of human life afford abundant evidence that the phenomena of mortal existence was intelligently planned, that organic evolution is not a mere cosmic accident. I, I, I like what you just said about the music, and I think about it. I think it was Clyde Bedell. If, uh, with a, if an important letter was delivered to you, you wouldn't ask who was the post. You'd Pretty want good. to read the letter. I've taken a lot of your time. I appreciate everything, and I know that you are so humble. I've, we've met a couple of times, but we haven't had much of an opportunity to speak. But what you're doing is, is incredible. What your team is doing is incredible. Is there anything that you would, you would say uh, encouraging people who may not know about the Aranja book? Is there one thing that you could tell them, maybe one passage one section of the book that you would recommend as an introduction to the Urantia book? Well, Jim, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, you know, the life of Jesus is the best and the cosmology is great. And But I think the thing that has maybe impacted my life the most, besides the love of God, is the thought adjuster. And... Of all the big thoughts in the book, for a new reader, a new person, to learn that God lives within them. And it's not just metaphorical or theoretical, but it's real. That there is a part of God that comes from paradise, a cell of God inside us, the pilot light. Our, our eternal partner, if we wish. It grounds God. I Sometimes I think about God and I go, I don't get it. What do you mean you've been here forever? I am that I am. What does that mean? How can anything be the start, but you're not the start because you're eternal? Yeah. And then I just get all foggy in my brain. I get overwhelmed. And then I think about my thought controller. And I'm so humbled and so appreciative that the Father in Heaven has given to His lowest creatures, you know, lowest that are capable of knowing, a part of Himself. And I don't know, is there... For you, is that does that make one of the top? Absolutely, I've introduced the book, the book to a lot of people, and they said the thought adjuster is what got them. That and the uh, the life and teachings. Uh, 
I love part three. I think it's great to read about the history. I love, like you, a, a, a student of evolution. And uh, it's interesting today, I have some concerns about secularism that drive me crazy. I think the Urantia book, particularly paper 195, tells us that there's going to be some hardship if we don't correct course. That, uh, you know, so I read it, and in my older years, Mo, I have to tell you, it gives me more comfort every single day. And it, the only frustrating thing is when you have when you have something so great and no one else seems to want to know about it. That's That's what frustrates me. If you... I've got somewhere in my files the number of books we sold here at your foundation in like 1955, 1957. I think there was a year, 57 or 58, where we sold like 60 books. Yeah. Well, we just sold 24,000 books this year, but the number of downloads was huge. And the number of downloads when you add uh, the Apple app, and I told you we're about ready to do the Android. Yeah. And then when you look at what the fellowship probably does and the UAI on downloads, man, we're there is near there's a close to a million physical books in the world. And for a book that starts, it's been tested. The Arantia book's been tested for its educational level, reading level, and the forward. <laughs> <laughs> The Don't get me started on the forward. <laughs> is a PhD in theology reading level. Yeah. So yeah. for a book that starts with the forward, yeah. it's amazing that there's over a million you know, copies out there. Or there's a million, and then all the downloads add to that. So I'm thinking it's making progress. We're selling books in so many countries. We've got 24 translations already. It won't be long before the translations reach eighty percent of the mm. of the of the people in the world, and to me, it is alive and well. So, this these truths will take hold. There is no holding them back. So I am very positive because, like you, you've been reading. How long have you been reading? Since eighty one. Oh my gosh! You're still a kid. Uh, well, I'm not that much of a kid. <laughs> I'm right behind uh, you. <laughs> watching the progress. I mean, when I first went to Urantia Foundation, Jim, my first Urantia conference was at five thirty-three Diversity. Yeah. And the forum room, which is now our boardroom, mm -hmm. must have—I don't know—maybe it fit twenty-five people, maybe thirty. And the conference was so enormous that we had to open the sliding door and have a few people sit in the, our current dining room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was the size of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it now, yeah. you know, whether it's Urantia University or study groups or Urantia thons or whatever, there are so many people. And the nice thing about the Arantia book, if you look at Islam, Islam was decentralized. And my and it's grown faster than any other world religion because of that. That's one of the key reasons. My hope is there is never a dogma-driven, theologically-driven organization. And I'm, I'm 
pointing at your rancher foundation right now. This is my personal view. Mm-hmm. Should never become a centralized theological dominated dominating yeah power structure right that tries to tell people in india how to practice their religion yeah and i think if we're decentralized there is no holding back this revelation it is going to creep into civilization and you know maybe four or five hundred years from now and maybe it's a hundred years from now there's going to be a whole lot more readers and one last point on your materialism secularism I too think it is the the big stumbling block and supposedly the revelator said someday after your current conditions make it viable or people interested this book is going to catch on and so I think some people thought well it's going to be the collapse of the Soviet Union or the World War II because this was written before World War II, mm-hmm. the early people probably thought it was World War II, blah, blah, blah. I think it's when materialism and secularism have have hit the wall and are no longer viable, is when the people's minds are going to be open to this book. And if I can close, because I know you got to go, and mm-hmm. I just want to just thank all those people that donated this year to your Rancher Foundation for their generosity. I've been signing letters in the last month to, to everyone that sent in money. I want to thank the the translators, the volunteers, the people in other organizations that are working not to be a uniform, one centralized, dominated organization, but doing their outreach in their way, and that are peacemakers and cooperative, that those working for the spiritual uh, project of the Arantia book, the most important thing since the life of Jesus, however they're doing it, uh, just a deep thank you for us working together to get this revelation into the world. So a giant thank you for you, because you're reaching out, and uh, everybody else that's got the, the love of God and, and peaceful, peaceful cooperation between readers and believers. And we should pray for each other every day. And so we have it for the archives. Mo Siegel, a pleasurable interview, very insightful, and obviously so much that I wanted to cover. So we'll have to save it for next time. Right, Mo? Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Urantia Radio podcast. Always, you can contact us on our website, urantiaradio.net. Our email address is urantiabookradio at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Mo Siegel, and thanks to you for joining me on this edition of the Urantia Radio Podcast. He was born in the summer of his 27th year Coming home to a place he'd never been before He left yesterday behind him You might say he was born again You might say he found the key for every door When he first came to the mountain his life was far away
something's already broken And he doesn't really care It keeps changing fast And it don't last long Rocky Mountain High 